Good morning. Welcome to Harmony. If you would stand up with us this morning, happy Father's Day. We are going to have a great time today praising the Lord, thanking Him for being a good Father, thanking Him for His amazing grace. You'll have to look at the TV this morning. Sing out with me now. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness, whose love is mighty? so much stronger, the King of glory, the King of all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder, who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Sing it out now. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You would lay down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for All that you've done for me brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings sing it out this is amazing grace this is a failing love that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you would lay down your life, that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I would. 
you've done for me. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. What a great start to the day. You may be seated. Well, happy Father's Day, and we are excited to have all the fathers in the house today. If you're here with us today uh, in person or watching online and you are a dad, we want to say happy Father's Day to you. And let's just give all the fathers a round of applause today, right? Let's uh, honor them, and uh, throughout the day, Let's demonstrate our love uh, to them as we are uh, able to. Um, I hope that if you're able to, you've uh, already uh, had that opportunity to wish your dad a happy Father's Day uh, and uh, know this, uh, that uh, a father's influence uh, continues uh, long after we're grown and, and gone. Uh, we, we look to uh, a dad for many different aspects of life uh, and uh, continues to, to have influence. So if you're a dad here today, if you're a father, we want you to know that you can and you do make a difference uh, and continue to make a difference in the life of your children and in the life of your family. In just a little bit, we're going to uh, talk about uh, what does a, a farmer what does seed and soil have to do uh, with Father's Day? And we're going to make that application uh, coming up. Uh, but before then, uh, we're going to sing a couple more songs, and we're just going to have a, a good time uh, celebrating Father's Day as we gather here today. Uh, as you are with us, I want to say thank you for gathering with us. If today is your first time here, uh, we have a gift that we would love uh, to send with you uh, today. And all you have to do is uh, stop by the Connection Center on your way out today, and we would love to bless you with that. And more importantly, we would love to learn more about you because we care about you and uh, we want to know how we can serve you, uh, your family, whatever the setting and situation might be. We are here to help and serve you and to make a difference in your life. I want to thank Dave Coker for being here with us today. Uh, he is there on the back row uh, and uh, he is leading our grief share. Uh, and and uh, you may not have wanted me to recognize you today, but, but it's too late for that, all right? Cat's out of the bag. Thank you for coming. Uh, he leads our grief share for us uh, during this session as doing an absolutely fantastic job and just wanted to say thank you publicly uh, for doing that and making a difference in, in people's lives. Uh, so if you're with us today for the first time online or in person, let us know. We'd love the opportunity uh, to be able to share with you. We've got some things uh, in the coming weeks uh, ahead uh, we've created and, and uh, you'll be able to connect with us uh, by uh, just uh, taking a scan of an image, a QR code that'll be uh, up on our, our screens and they'll be on your screens at home uh, and uh, we'll have that up and running and make it a little bit easier for you to share prayer requests, uh, make it a little bit easier for you to navigate through some of the things uh, during uh, this time that we're kind of still in but we are coming out of. So uh, we're on top of those things and they were actually going to be a part of things today uh, but due to some power complications and other things that are uh, in our building today, they're, they're just not. We got the big screen. We're going old school Father's Day celebration, right? Uh, 28 years ago today, I preached my first message uh, as a pastor, and it's hard to believe, but 28 years ago, we didn't have a, a flat screen TV, right? Uh, um, if you would have had a TV that big, it would have been like as big as the house and taken six people to carry it. Um, but uh, times have changed, and uh, we're doing all we can uh, to keep up with that and to make life a little bit easier and better for you. So thank you for gathering with us today, uh, and we want to be a blessing to you in and we hope that our service today uh, makes a difference in your life. Let's all stand, and we're just going to go to the Lord in prayer as, as, as we stand. And uh, then Dave's going to come, and uh, he's going to lead us in a time of, of worship. 
I've got a couple of prayer requests I want to ask you to uh, remember to pray for. Uh, please remember to, remember to pray for Paul Toller. Uh, I was able uh, to, to visit with him uh, just for a little bit yesterday. He's back down at the nursing home, and uh, please keep him in your prayers. And I know others are, are stopping in to visit uh, as they're able, and I do want you to know if you know Paul and uh, you would like to go and visit him, uh, you can do that at this point in time, and it's down at uh, Avon uh, Villages, uh, j just right down here off of uh, 300 between Old 36 and New 36. You can stop in there. He is in uh, a lockdown portion of that facility, and uh, and, and, and honestly, um, that's the, the best place for him right now. He's getting great care there, uh, and uh, we're certainly thankful for that. So if you'd like to stop in and visit him, uh, you know him, um, I, I want to encourage you to, to just take a moment and do that, and uh, just step pray with him, um, because that will make a difference in his life, and it'll make a difference uh, in, in your life. Uh, so Please pray for him, and then there's some others uh, that I know uh, have some difficulty going on in, in life right now, getting ready for surgery, just coming out of surgery, all of those kind of things. Uh, so let's continue to pray for each and every one. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Father, we come to you today, and Lord, on this Father's Day, Lord, I know that many have a father that's already passed from this life, and they're in, in heaven, and, and one day they, they look forward to seeing them. And Father, some of us still have the good fortune of having our, our dads with us. And we get to see them today. We get to talk to them today. And Lord, we thank you for that. But Lord, no matter where we're at in life, help us to know that we truly have a good father in you. And Lord, that you want to be that good father to each and every one of us. And you're ready and you're willing and you're waiting for us to come to you and to trust you. So, Lord, I pray that you'll help us to set everything aside today, that you'll help us to look to you, help us to learn more about you. And, God, we ask that you'll just bless in an incredible way, for it's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. As we sing these next couple songs, let's just celebrate our Father, our Heavenly Father. These are songs we typically only sing on Father's Day, so you'll catch on to them if you don't know them. We have a wonderful father that wants the best for you. That's what this song is all about. Sing with me here. I've heard thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night you tell. That you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you, 
the best for you. He loves you unconditionally. And as we gather today here to gather and celebrate Father's Day, I'm thankful for my Heavenly Father as he guides us, leads us, loves us, provides for us. I always had the earthly example of a Heavenly Father through my dad. I can still call him today and say, Dad, I need something. And he's there for me. But that example comes from the Heavenly Father. And friends, no matter what you're going through today, if you're missing your earthly father, rely on the Heavenly Father. If you're facing trials, temptations, troubles, whatever it is, you can run to your Heavenly Father because he cares. And that's what this song is all about. It says, run to the Father. As you listen to these words and sing this, this chorus, just think about your relationship with the Heavenly Father. Sing along with Anne. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. And I wasn't created. Tell 
my soul needs a brand, so I run to the Father again and again and again and again. You may be seated. Please pay attention to the video screen. Well, Dad, I'm just going to say, I don't know why it's hard for well, me Dad, to talk I'm just going to say, you, but it is. I don't know why it's all hard we ever for do me is talk weather and sports and sports and weather. All we ever do is talk weather and sports and sports and weather, and that's it. What I really want to say is, I'm thankful for how you. What I really want to say is, I'm thankful for how you loved me growing up. I love you. Always made time for me, and I love you. That was really good. You think? Yeah. You need to tighten it up a little bit, but other than that, you're ready. Okay. Thanks, Uncle Ron. Here goes. Dad. Son. Looks like the uh, clouds are rolling in. Yeah, hope they don't postpone the game tonight. 
Listen, Dad. I wanted to I wanted to say something to you. Okay. Just I just want to thank of you for well, thank you for being, you know, a, a dad. Not not just a dad, you know, being for being one that's mine and not well, of course not just mine. You're Jessica and Jordan's dad too, but it's it's cool. Matthew. I, I, yes, sir. I know. Dad, I, I don't think you do know. No, oh, no, I know. I heard you talking to Uncle Ron. I was sitting just four feet from you. Well, I meant it. Thank you. Happy Father's Day, and we want to celebrate that. And today, we are looking at a remarkable father from Mark chapter 4. In Mark chapter 4, we get, get once again a remarkable picture of Jesus and who he is, and, and a remarkable picture of all that he wants for your life and for my life. And as we go down through uh, this story, here's what we're going to discover, that Jesus begins in, in, in Mark chapter 4 to, to move away from just saying, hey, if you want to follow me, come and follow me. To, to now he begins to share some things just like he used to, but now he's doing some things called a parable. And a parable is just this. A parable is, is a truth and story form that's designed to come alongside and make you think. It's, it's truth and story form. It's kind of like a, a word picture, if you will, where Jesus paints a picture with a story. He draws you in, and it's to come alongside of you. It's to come alongside of me and to help us consider something deeper, something more. As we go through Mark chapter 4, we're, we're going to discover a couple of things that are, that are extremely similar in the life of Jesus and in the life of his followers. But as we also go down through there, we're going to see some things that are absolutely distinct and absolutely different. So today... Whether you're a father, whether you're a mom, whether you're a son, a daughter, whether you would just say, look, I don't even know what I am or who I belong to, I want you to understand that there's something in this for you today. So, so don't check out. Don't say, hey, it's Father's Day. He's just talking to the dads. Don't be nervous, guys. I'm not going to turn Father's Day into Mother's Day this year, right? I mean, every once in a while I get credit for that because we just like... Make, make the truth plain and say, hey, guys, this is what we need to do, right? We need to love our wives. We need to do all these things. And, and every once in a while, I get credit for saying, hey, you were a little easier on the moms today than you, than you were to us. But today, we're just kind of bringing everything in. And, and what we're going to do is talk about how we can live a remarkable life no matter who we are and how we can make a remarkable difference in the life of our children if we are a father. Mark chapter 4, verse number 1, it says this, and again, it's kind of interesting as you read down through all of Mark and, and we discover over and over and over that, that word, that phrase, and again. It means that Jesus is doing something that he had just done previously and here's what it says. And again, he began to teach by the sea. It's pretty incredible when you think about Jesus and who he is and all the things that he could have been doing and all the ways that he could have been spending time and, and we discover and again, he just begins to teach by the sea. It says, and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and set in it on the sea. 
And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now we notice a shift in this. Now, now I, I understand, and again, he, he gathered together, and again, there was a crowd, and again, he, he goes and he's teaching out of the boat, and everybody's kind of listening in, yet up until this point, Jesus has never closed one of his teachings with this, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Do you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is giving us a word picture, and he said, I just told you something extremely important. And if you were just hoping that I would change your life with just a, a quick story or a quick word, that, then that, that's okay, but I need you to, to go ahead and realize that there's a lot more here. That there's a lot more for your life. Jesus was telling his followers and his disciples that he was inviting. You remember he called Andrew and Peter and he called James and John and he called Matthew, which the New Living Translation says was scum of the earth. Jesus is calling all of them to him and he's saying, look, you can come and follow me. Yet on this day, here's what he says. He says, you can come and follow me, but I just told you a lot and you really need to think about what I said. He said, I just told you a lot, and, and you need to realize there, there's plenty more where, where this came from. And so I want to come alongside of you with, with this truth, and, and I want to help that truth develop in your life. So as we begin to, to look at this, here's what we have. We, we literally have a picture that comes alongside of, of what Jesus is, is teaching, and he gives us a picture of a farmer. He gives us a picture of some seed, and he gives us a picture of some soil. And in the day and age in which Jesus is, is living, and he's, he's teaching, and he's working th things out, it was very common for a farmer to, to go and, and to, to get a, a bag of seed, right? And, and typically he just carried a, a leather pouch and, and he would have a, a bag of seed that was a bigger bag on, on his donkey or, or whatever he may have had. Then he would have taken a bag of his own and, and he would have carried it with him just going throughout the field. And, and literally, here, here's what he's doing. He's just carrying that bag of seed and he's spreading that seed everywhere and he's sowing a lot of seed. I mean, he's just scattering it and he's putting it down everywhere, yet they would come back later and they would work the seed into the soil. Now, I know that that's a little different than how we do it today, right? I mean, you drive down the road and you see a, a, a farmer, a farmer that's a, a, a poor farmer because his equipment doesn't have air conditioning and GPS, right? <laughs> You, you, you see a, a farmer that, that has a scaled back farm because he doesn't have the latest and, and, and greatest innovation. I mean, now today, right, you, you, they, they can do all kinds of incredible things. But in our culture, 
we till the ground first, then go back and plant seed. That, that's typically how it's done. In this day and age and in this location, it was not uncommon for them just to take and say, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to sow all the seed and we're going to put out as much as we can. And then we're going to come back and we're going to work that soil. We're going to work that ground. When we look at this passage of scripture, here's what we discover. We discover that the farmer, Jesus is talking about himself. And he's saying, look, I'm here and I'm scattering some seed. And I'm giving you some truth, but, but here's what happens. And he gives us some soil. And, and he gives us soil that represents the condition of the heart. He, he uses uh, some soil that's called by, by the wayside. And, and the wayside was just a path that typically went through a middle of a field somewhere. And, and people walked on it quite a bit. And, and they would cut through your yard, your field, to, to get to the next field over or to get to town. Then, then he talks about this shallow ground, this rocky soil that, that's there that, that he, he drops it on, but, but the seed doesn't get down very much. And then he talks about another type of seed where things look good, but, but it seems kind of thorny. And then he says, wow, there's this seed that falls on a, a different type of soil, and it gives an increase. And he says, some of it's 30, some of it's 60, some of it is even 100 times what was put into that. And then he says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Jesus says, look, there's a farmer and there's seed and there's some soil, and here's what we need to think about. Where do you fit in in this picture? What, what represents you? So, so let's just break this down and, and walk through it. Let's take first, we've got the Savior, right? We've got this guy named Jesus, and he is the Savior. And in the first few verses, what do we see? It says, and again, and again, he's there and he's teaching. What is he teaching? He's teaching the truth. He's teaching the Word of God, and he's mixing in with the crowd. Do you notice that the Savior is in the center of the crowd, and even though he's in the center of the crowd, he keeps the teaching on the Lord. It, it's not necessarily how great he is. He's not saying, look, you know, I, I'm going to do some, some incredible miracles, and you've already witnessed some really cool things along the way. People have been healed, and people tore up a roof, and they lowered somebody down, and, and it was just like they expected. I, I mean, I healed him, and I told him to, to get up and, 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 and take his bed and, and go home, and then there was the day in the synagogue, and, and, and the guy came to me with a withered hand, and, and remember how I told him, just stretch out your hand, and he, he stretched out that hand and, and now that, that guy was able to go back to work. He's not sitting talking about all of those things. There's, there's really no flash. There's no pomp and circumstance. Jesus is just there in a boat. And here's something that's, that's really incredible. A group of engineers got together and they studied this region where Jesus was. And you know what they discovered? They discovered because of the lay of that land, one man could get out in a boat and use it, quote unquote, as their platform and speak in a speaking voice and thousands of people would be able to hear. Think about that for just one moment. The lay of the land is perfect. The sound carries. And when it says a multitude, it means a multitude. Jesus isn't sitting around in a small group 
There's not 8 to 12 people. There's not a multitude that that may have been a, a couple of hundred people. No, Jesus is gaining a crowd, and they're coming, right, by the boatload. They're coming by the donkey load. I mean, everyone is coming in, and they're saying, we want to hear what this guy has to say. And here's what he says. He says, okay, for a little while I've been saying, look, you want to come and follow me? Come and follow me. But now he says this, you want to come and follow me? Come and follow me. But there's some work to do in your heart. There's some life change that that needs to take place. You want to come and and follow me? You can come and follow me and and you can give your life for me. But, But here's a truth. You have an opportunity to go deeper. You have an opportunity to become more. Let me ask you something today. Do you want your life to be more? Do you, want, do you want your life to be different than, than what it is today? Do you want your life to have more meaning? Do you want your life to have more purpose? Do you want to be a better father? Dads, for, for those of you that are, that are fathers, do you, do you want to have a better relationship with, with your children? Do you want to be a better leader at home? Do, do you want your life to be more? Jesus says, look, he who has an ear to hear. That means if you have a desire and you want more, then, then here's the reality. You need to be listening and not just listening you need to be responding. You need to be doing. Let's, let's take a look at the Savior in those first few verses. Here's what Jesus is doing. He's doing something that's routine for him. It says, and again, he begins to teach. Again, he gets out in the boat. Jesus is not in unfamiliar territory, but Jesus calls them to more. A great multitude gathered to him so that he got in a boat and he was out on the sea and he's facing the multitude that's on the land. And it says, and he taught them many things. And he taught them many things by parables. Jesus is saying, I want to come alongside you and help you. I want to come alongside you and, and help you be more than what you are right now at this moment. Think about that for just a moment. Jesus could have been talking about how great he was, yet Jesus gets in the middle of the crowd and he taught them by parables. And if we could just break all the wording down, literally Jesus is saying, I want to come alongside of you and teach you truth. I want to come alongside of you and walk with you as you walk with me. That, that, ought to, that ought to cause every one of us to step back and, and, and to realize that no matter who we are and no matter where we're from, Jesus is taking this multitude and he's saying, I want to come alongside of you and I want to walk with you. But I need you to do something. I need you to listen and respond. I want to be there to strengthen you. I want to be there to encourage you. I want to be there to equip you. I want to help you be everything that you can be. But, but I need you to listen And I need you to respond. Let's look at what Jesus does. He's in the center of the crowd. He accommodates the crowd by by meeting their needs. But he goes back to to teaching the word again. And then he gives us this picture of the the farmer. He gives us the picture of of what the New King James calls a sower. So let's let's look at the sower. The sower. We've got, we've got the Savior, and the Savior begins to teach about this one named the sower. It says, Behold, a sower went out to, to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside. So he, he's going out to, to sow. What, what, what is the seed that he's 
He's sowing. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Who's the sower? This guy that's going out and getting ready to, to put out some seed. Who is this person? Right now, Jesus is talking about himself, but, but the reality is, is this. For you and I, he's talking about a believer. He's talking about a follower of Christ. So, so the farmer is ultimately a picture of Jesus, but then it moves from being a picture of Jesus to being a picture of, of you, uh, of me, if, if we're Christ followers. He says there's this sower, there's this farmer, and he has a, a bag of seed. He says he begins to go out and, and to place it in the ground. So we've got the Savior who, who's doing something routine, yet this time he says, listen, there, there's more to it. He, he gets their attention and he says, I want you to, to, to listen. He says, there's a sower. And what did he do? He goes out to sow. But then we get to the, to the third part of this, and it's the seed. In verse number four, it says, And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. And he begins to tell us all of these different things that, that would happen. What, what is the seed? Jesus is talking about what he's been talking about all along. That the seed is, is representative of truth. The seed is representative of the word of God. The seed is representative of forgiveness and mercy and grace. The seed is representative of the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus and who he is. And, and that's what Jesus is giving us a picture. He's saying, look, I've come and I'm sowing some seed. I'm placing it out there. The seed is truth. The seed is something that will be able to bring freedom forgiveness and love it'll be able to bring a a different life but as he's talking about the seed he gets down to this thing that all seed needs to grow and it's this the soil verse number five says some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But then the sun was up and it was scorched because it had no root. It withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and, and, and choked it and, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and it yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some 30-fold, some 60-fold and some 100-fold. And everybody is listening and they're saying, wow, that's the seed in the soil that I want. So here's what Jesus says. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And then it says this, the, the crowd kind of went away. And those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in, in parables, seeing that they may see and not perceive, and hearing that they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And then he begins to, to break it down. And Jesus says, look, I'm coming alongside and I'm trying to teach a, a deeper truth so that they'll think about it a, a little bit more. And, and when they think about it and when they respond, they, they turn and their, their sins are forgiven them. Do you know what Jesus was saying? Jesus was saying, I've come to seek and to save the lost, not just to conduct a healing crusade. I've come to seek and to save the lost, not just to open up a food pantry that everybody can come and get something from. Jesus is saying, look, I've came to, to give love and grace and mercy and forgiveness to those that, that want to come and receive it, and I told them to think about it. So here's what he says. I'm going to explain what I just told you. 
He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? He says, the sower sows the word. That's the word of God. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes and immediately takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. So Jesus now comes alongside and he begins to break some things down. Let's talk about what makes it so remarkable. Let's talk about the soil. Because Jesus says, look, there's this thing called the sower, there's this thing called the seed. The sower in the picture is Jesus, then it transitions to the believer. The seed is the truth, he says it's the word, but he says the soil. The soil is is your heart and my heart. It's the hearts of people around us, it's the hearts of people when we begin to share our faith. So let's take a look at what the roadside or the footpath, the wayside, as it's called in this passage. Well, what does that represent? It says when the seed falls out, then, then Satan comes and, and he steals it away real quick. This is the, the soil that, that's busy. Remember, this is the path where they, they cut across town. So, so these are the people that are in a hurry, right? They don't want to walk around the field. They want to cut through the field. They, they don't want to take the long way. They want to take the shortcut. They want to take the path that's compacted, and, and it's hard because there's a lot of foot traffic, and people are conducting business, and they are busy. What does this represent? This represents the person that says, look, I, I'm, I'm busy. I want to squeeze a little bit of God in, but I don't have that much time. And here's what happens because we're moving from one thing to the next, and we're living an extremely busy life. We miss out on many of the blessings from God's word because it's a box that we check off. Can, can I just tell you today that God is not interested in a relationship where we check boxes off, where we just say, look, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do my thing. And, and, and my thing is this, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and sing a couple of songs. Or if I really don't like the songs, I'm going to endure a couple of songs. I'm going to listen to the message and I'm planning where I'm going to lunch and I'm planning the rest of the day. And I can't wait to get out of here. And I hope the pastor doesn't go over because Actually, I'm keeping time. I know what time he started, and I'm winding things down, and I need to get out of here because I'm busy. Do you know life is like that for a lot of people? And some of you are thinking, is he reading my mind? (laughs) Does he he know that that's exactly what's what's going on? Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I've listened to thousands of sermons that I'm going, man, I hope it ends soon. Remember, I grew up in church. Every time the doors were open, I've been to revival meetings. I've, 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 I've preached messages where I say, Lord, help me to wrap this thing up really quick because it's not going, it, it, coming out like it looks on paper, okay? I've been there. I've heard them. I've delivered them. But, but here's a, a reality. Here's the truth. A lot of us get really busy with the things of life. And because we're busy and we're checking off a box, 
we miss out. The, the word of God doesn't, ha, the seed doesn't have a chance to, to get worked down into our life. You, you remember, they scattered the seed and then they come back and they work the soil? Because we don't take much time to work the soil and let the seed get down in there, something comes along real quick and steals it away. I, I wonder... I wonder how many situations are like that. Then we have the rocky soil or the, the shallow soil. It says some fell on, on stony ground. This is the, the stony ground that's, that's just right beneath the surface. And, and, and when you, you go back to work the soil, there's, there's a lot of stone that's there. What are the, the stones? The, the stones are, are representative of things in our hearts that don't need to be in our hearts. You remember Jesus would, would not only come alongside and teach in a parable, but, but it was Jesus who said that, that out of the heart proceed the issues of life. Like, like what? Murder, adultery, envy, anger, lust. Th those are, are Jesus' words. And Jesus says, look, th those are our heart issues. And many times we can't work the seed of, of God down into our heart and into our life. We don't let it get down there because we've got all of these things taking up room that don't let the word of God get into our hearts and to begin to take root. So Jesus says this, Here, here's, here's what happens. It goes for a minute, it springs up, and it's like it's going to be pretty good, but then trouble comes, something doesn't turn out like we expected, it doesn't happen like we thought it would, we've got something unexpected that comes into our life, or we go through a difficult moment in life, and we're saying, look, here's the reality, this following Jesus, uh -uh, it's not what I thought it would be. We, we, we try and do something one or two times, and, and it doesn't go real smooth, so we just begin to, to, to back away, and, and the, the Word of, of God doesn't necessarily get the opportunity to, to take hold in our hearts. And it's not that the Word of God is ineffective. It's that the soil is not receptive. Soil doesn't, doesn't want to let somebody work it down in there to remove the things that, that don't need to be there. I wonder what, what's beneath the surface in every one of us, because no one is exempt, right? I wonder what, what's beneath the surface that, that, that's there just in, in the, the soil, ready to, to, to come through where, where we are missing out on what God's word can do in our heart and our life because we won't let go of some of the other things that make our heart Rocky, shallow soil. How, how about this? The thorny soil. It's what Jesus says. In that day and age, as they would spread the seed, they didn't necessarily take out all the thorn bushes. And one of the reasons they didn't take out all the thorn bushes is many times they were boundaries of a field, but many times those that were spending the night in the field would set some of those on fire and use them for warmth to take care of them and to keep them comfortable. Think about that for just a moment. The needs of this life is what Jesus is getting ready to say. Je Jesus is, is telling us, look, that thorny soil, here's what happens. The, the same seed is, is spread there, it's placed there, but the thorns, the cares of life, the demands of life, the needs of life, all of a sudden, all of those things come through and those things begin to outweigh 
the word of God. It says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And it says, in the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. What are the cares of the word? Maybe it's worries. Maybe it's wealth, as Jesus says. Maybe it's whatever else. Because there's a lot of us that have a lot of cares. We've got a lot of anxieties. We've got a lot of struggles. And it, it literally begins to choke out the word of God in, in our life. You say, how do you know that? Because you hear more of the anxieties in your mind and in your heart than you do the word of God. You see, what we feed will, will grow. What, what we allow to take root in, in our heart, it, it will grow. The, the book of Hebrews teaches us this. So he says the thorny soil, the, the cares of the world, the worries, the, the desire for more, whatever else that, that takes that up. Hosea chapter 10, verse number 12 says, plow deep in the heart. Get, get rid of the things. Plow up the soil in your heart. Get rid of the things that are, are not supposed to be there. Get rid of the things that are choking out the, the word of God. But then he comes to the, the good soil. Now keep in mind that the good soil got the same seed. The good soil. It's got the same creator. But the good soil is receptive. It responds and it allows it to make an impact that's 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. So the seed is God's message, and God's seed was for all. We, we got a clear passage of Scripture right here that lays that out. But not everyone received it. What, what was the difference in all of it? The soil. The soil. It wasn't the seed, it was, it was the soil. So, so we're going to wrap this up real quick in asking ourselves this question. How can we help the soil in our life, the hearts in our life, become good hearts, good soil? Dads, what, what can you do in your life? What can you do in your families? To, to be the farmer, to have the seed, and to sow it into the soil like it needs to be. What can you do as an individual, no, no matter who you are? Here's three things that, that we're, we're, we're just going to walk down through re real quick. The, the first thing is this, let God's word be a mirror. We need to learn to see ourselves through God's word. We need to learn to see ourselves through God's word because as, as we look at, at life and as we look at the seed, as we look at the, the farmer, I guarantee you there were people on that day out of the thousands that were present, out of the multitude that was there listening to Jesus, I'm sure some people walked away and some that may have understood would have said, look, you know what, that, that guy over there, he's got a thorny life. You know that one over there, I always knew they were shallow. They're, they're not getting anywhere in life because, look, they're just shallow. Jesus j just said that. And they go on and they never stop and think about their life. And then there's those that, that are, are busy. They're weighed down with, with the cares of life. And they're trying to get from one thing to the next thing. And they wonder why something never gets an opportunity to grow in their life. Jesus gives us the answer all in it. Here's the first thing. 
Let God's word be a mirror. The second thing is this. Let God's word be a window. A mirror in a window. A mirror to see ourselves through his word. A window to see God, his grace, and his truth. Here's the reality. In every one of those passages that we just read and we looked at, the, the, the farmer, the seed, and the soil, you and I are representative. We're, we're there. We are one of them. And here's the reality. We can begin to choose which one we are. We, we have the opportunity to do that. So we, we look at God's word and we let it be a mirror. We look at God's word and we let it be a window so that, so that we can see his grace, his mercy, and his truth. Here, here's what the book of James has to say. James chapter 1, verse number 22. We, we were talking about this this morning. James has a way of just being blunt, and, and, he, and he does. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. You see, Jesus had had a lot of hearers at this point in time. And he's saying, those that, that have an ear to hear, I need you to hear because there's something to put with this faith. It's called action. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. What would happen if, if we said, you know what, I want the soil in my life. I want my heart to be one where God's word is a mirror, where God's word is a window. Because the seed that's being sown is God's word. It is a mirror that we ought to take a look at and say, wow, what is in my soil? What is in my heart? What needs to be removed? Not my neighbors, not the guy down the street, not the pastors, not, not, not anybody else. What, what is in my heart? Because it's, it's really easy for somebody to, to say, look, I'm busy, I'm checking off boxes, and to let the word of God come into their life, and, and they just go on, and they never look at it. They hear it, but they don't reflect and take it in. It, it's not a, a mirror. It, it says the guy looks in a mirror, and he just goes on. Pretty soon, he forgets what he even saw. He forgets the flaws. He forgets the needs. We look and we see that it's a, a mirror. We see that it's a window. But I think that God's word can bring faithfulness to our life. How does it multiply 30 and 60 and 100? It's, it's faithfulness. That's, that's what it is. You see, we're going to have to sow a lot of seed to produce a crop. And here's the reality. We, we reap what we sow. There's something else. We need to believe in the seed that we sow. And when we believe in the seed that we sow, here's what's going to happen. We're going to be faithful. When we believe in the seed that we sow, we're, we're going to be faithful. So, so let me just ask this question today. And, and we just wrap it up from, from Mark chapter 4. He gives us a picture of a farmer who ultimately is a believer who takes the word of God and he spreads it around to those that he knows. 
and he comes back to try and cultivate the soil to help that seed grow. Let me ask you this. First of all, are, are you able to say that you're a farmer, a believer today? Do you know Jesus? Because honestly, dads, hang with me because we're getting ready to, to drive it home. Ultimately, if, if we're a father and we're a believer, the greatest thing that we can put into our children and our family's life is the, the seed of the word of God and to cultivate that soil and do all we can to help it grow. That's the most important thing. And, and, and I, I promise you this, it's not going to make your kids perfect, right? I, I mean, my, my parents, four kids, they were, they were one for four. I'm telling you, they, they tried with the three others, but, but it's a reality. Here's a, a, a reality. If, if, we're, if we're a believer and we're a father, then, then we ought to be a farmer that takes the seed of the word of God and sows it into our family's life and our children's life or our spouse's life and do all we can to help that soil be everything that it needs to be, to, to work that seed of the word of God down into their heart and in their life to help them flourish and grow. Because what happens when we worry about being busy and getting to the next thing? What happens when we worry and say, look, I, I've got all of these other aspects of life to, to, to care about, and, and we let the thorns and, and all the other things come in and everything they represent. What, what happens is we end up causing them to miss out on, on the word of God. And that's what happens in every one of our lives. You see, our, our hearts is representative. My heart, your heart, is representative of that soil. And the question is this, what are we going to let take root there? What are we going to let grow there? Jesus said it, it all was given the seed, it all had an opportunity, but little things sprang up. The busyness of life, the cares of the world. And he said, we're missing out on 30 and 60 and 100 fold. The other things are robbing us. It's not that the seed's not there. It's often that the soil is not being taken care of. So dads, make sure you're a believer. Be a farmer for Christ. Spread the seed of, of the word of God in your family's life and help cultivate that soil. Encourage them and help them to grow and, and be everything that God wants them to be. I'm going to tell you something. It's never too late to start. So, some would say, look, I haven't been doing that. It's never too late to start. Begin to do it today. Maybe you're here and you say, I'm, I'm not a father. I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter if you're a father or not. Every one of us, if we're a believer, we're supposed to be a farmer. We're supposed to be spreading the seed of the word of God. And we're supposed to be helping people work that word, that seed down to their heart and life and help get that deep in there and bring a return, not for you, not for me, not even for them, but for the kingdom of God and so that they'll live the life that God has for them. So today, what does a farmer, a seed, and soil have to do with Father's Day? Everything. Because the reality is this, we look at it and that's the cycle of life. We plant a seed, we raise it up. We need to be believers we need to be sowing the seed of the word of God into lives, and we need to be raising it up for the cause 
of Christ. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Today, in just a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to pray together. And maybe today you would say, John, you talked about some, some different things, maybe from a different perspective. And today, here's, here's what I know. You asked if I'm a believer, and you would say, I, I know about Jesus, but, but there's never really been a time where I've invited him to forgive me of my sins and to be my Savior. I'm, I'm not that kind of believer. If that's you today, but you would like to be that believer that believer that says, I know I'm a sinner and I need a savior and I'm asking Jesus to be my savior right now. If that's you, in just a moment, I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer and I wanna encourage you to pray that. Not my prayer, but your prayer, right to the heart of God. So if that's you, right here, right now, I would just encourage you to pray this prayer and mean it from your heart. Dear Jesus, the best I know how I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and I'm asking you to save me. I'm asking you to help me live the life you want me to live. If that's your desire and you pray a prayer like that, welcome to the family of God. He is your savior. And we would love for you to let us know that today. Let us know that before you leave today. We want to help you reach your full potential with God's help. Maybe you're here today and you would say, John, I know Christ is my Savior, but quite honestly, there, there's some, some areas of my life, some things in, in my heart, some of that soil that you're talking about. For me, there, there's a, a, I'm busy. I'm that roadside person. I'm just cutting through the path. I always have something going on and I don't take time to focus on the word of God. Or maybe you would say, look, I've got some, some stones in my heart. I've got some, some things that are keeping God's word from, from growing and taking hold in, in my life. I've got some cares, some things that are there and, and I don't want to be that kind of soil. I want to multiply in a greater way for the, the cause of Christ. If that's you today, as I pray, I want to encourage you to pray. And name that stone, name that care, name that busyness. And say, God, would you help me with it? He'll do it. As I pray, you take a moment and pray and ask God to work in an area that you need him to. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for Father's Day. We thank you for the time where we can celebrate fathers. But Lord, today as we come to this point, I ask that you would help us to take a long look at our heart. And Father, make a distinction as to what kind of soil it is. Is it good soil that's receiving your word and growing and becoming more like you? Or are we filled with a lot of different things that are holding us back? And Father, not even holding us back, but holding your kingdom back from being everything that you want it to be. God, help us to answer the question as to what type of soil we are. Help us to answer the question, what type of seed we're sowing. Are we sowing the word of God into our children's lives, into our, our families' lives, into our neighbors' lives? Lord, help us to be believers that are farmers that are scattering the seed of your word, helping to raise up that seed through the right soil and taking care of it. God, causing it to be exactly what you want us to be and those around us. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share 
hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior. And he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life. If you are a part of the Harmony family, uh, you're a part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus, I want to thank you for joining us as well. And I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so. But please remember, we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to harmonyofavon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home, and I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life, and I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.